in my hand Gonna cast a few lines with my toes in the sand Pulling in a big catch makes me feel like a man But the wife, she just don't understand I love walleye, perch, trout, and bass And if you don't like fishing You can kiss my mercury right in the bank Cause the fishes all tremble at the thought of me Cause I'm fishing for Bunyan Country well, this is it, the final fish in Paul Bunyan Country of the Year. Don't forget, Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors is next week. That will run on KBUN Sports Radio 104.5 at 1 o'clock on Thursdays and again at 8 a.m. Saturday mornings and, of course, is podcastable as well at Podcast One or on the Pod MN app. As always, we wrap up the year with the state of the fishery, and we hear from the new Bemidji Area Fisheries Supervisor, Edie Everts. That's next on Fish in Paul Bunyan Country. Welcome to Fish and Paul Bunyan Country, sponsored by Visit Bemidji. Well, we're going to wrap up Fish and Paul Bunyan Country for the year, as we always do, with the with the state of the fishery. We've got a new guest in to to give us the uh, the state of the fishery, and that is the new area fisheries supervisor out of the Bemidji office, Edie Everts. Edie, first of all, congratulations on your new position, and welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. So you uh, and I had talked many years ago when you were uh, working out of the Park Rapids office, and I know you had been involved in, a, in some trout habitat projects there. What was your role in Park Rapids? I was uh, an assistant area fisheries manager there, so um, did a lot of the trout work, and then, of course, did lots and lots of lake survey work as well, and uh, some stream work on non-trout streams. And then from there, you went north. Yep, I headed uh, north and east up to the Arrowhead and worked out of the tower office, which was uh, Lake Vermilion management along with some boundary water lakes and uh, some uh, lakes on the Iron Range, too. Well, Vermilion is a gem, so that had to be kind of fun. Yep, yeah, I'm glad to uh, stay in large lake territory, though, coming to Bemidji as well, though, but it is a very pretty um, and very nice uh, fishing lake over there. You uh, you come into the Bemidji area, and I would assume that you are, you know, being in the Park Rapids area and, and your husband in the Walker area, you are very at least quite familiar with this area, I think, coming in, right? Yep. No, there's definitely some lakes I'm going to learn more about here, but as far as that, you know, the type of fisheries and, uh, you know, the mixes of fish and, and how they respond, it's pretty similar to what was going on in Park Rapids, so be nice to see a few more panfish though here <laughs> so when you slide into this new position in may what what are the first things you had to be doing uh we just kind of you know came in after they had done the the walleye egg take so i missed that crush i was over stayed in vermilion to take care of that one <laughs> but uh, so we were heading right into the bass electrofishing and then starting in on our regular lake survey work okay how many people work in the bemidji office uh, um you caught me there because oh. some temporary workers. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's six of us regular staff, and then we have a number of creel clerks uh, this summer for Cass Lake as well. Okay. Uh, and, and, yeah, when you're talking the Bemidji area office, you're talking a big realm. You've got Cass Lake, which is, uh, which is you know, a beautiful uh, series of lakes, the Cass Lake chain. You've yep. got Bemidji. You've got Red. Uh, those are, are three real, real gems for the entire state of Minnesota, really. Yep. Oh, yeah. Lots of some big waters and some uh, pretty involved connected chains as well. Well, let's take a look at, at what's played out over the course of the summer uh, from your your vantage point and the people in your office. 
Uh, what would you say we had for a fishing year? Was it a good year, an average year, below average? How, how did it look to you? Yeah, it's, you know, as far as actual fishing reports from uh, anglers, it's been pretty quiet. Um, but I think part of that's just the nature of this year has been a little odd in terms of being in the office or not in the office. Uh, our crew's definitely been busy in the field, though, and, and their surveys, um, probably the biggest um, just general thing that we took care of this summer was the Turtle River chain. So okay. that would be, you know, Big Turtle, Little Turtle, but also Mobile, Beltrami, and Three Island, as okay. well as Campbell and Deer. So, um, and those lakes all look really good as far as the, you know, they have a lot of variety of fishing and the fish population that people care about look pretty good. Well, that's, you know, uh, Big Turtle itself is just a, a lake that, you know, pick a fish and you can catch it there, maybe outside of Muskie. Yeah, and the uh, one thing we know, you know, that we have the uh, special regulations for sunfish on all those lakes now. Mm-hmm. Um, they were implemented this year with a five daily limit. Uh, I think there's one exception in there, or maybe not. Sorry, that's the different series okay. lakes. <laughs> so there's a five fish daily limit on those. Those were just implemented this year. Plus, we have the Northern Pike regulation that's been in there since uh, 2003, I think. So. Mm-hmm. Um, so our sunfish are holding up well. We did some spring surveys on that. Okay. And then we also saw some nice crappie numbers this year. So um, people can go look for those probably, especially this winter. We we expect with this, you know, p- panfish regulation in effect, it's going to take a while before we really see what kind of impact it can have. What what, what would you say the timeline is before we can really start to to get some hard data on this thing? Yeah, I mean, some of, some of them, for some of those lakes, I'm sure people are familiar with their local knowledge. Some of them already have, you know, very good panfish size, um, nice size panfish already. So those regulations will effectively be good right now to protect that and keep that on the lakes. Um, as far as lakes that don't have that and we're looking for the regulation to improve it, it, it I would say, I don't know, anywhere from a five to ten year time frame. Just, you know, we'll probably learn a little bit about how long it takes as we have more of these on more lakes. But, um I would, wouldn't be out of my um, expertise to say that's going to take a few years, definitely. Okay. One of the lakes that, of course, uh, everybody knows about and everybody talks about is Red Lake, and it uh, has had a tremendous uh, amount of fishing pressure on it and has given up a tremendous amount of walleyes. It's been pretty pretty quiet this year. I haven't heard a lot from Red Lake. What are you hearing from Red Lake? Yeah, seen? I mean, you're probably referring back to the winter um, pressure as far as the number of fish houses yeah. out there, which was, you know, pretty impressive. Um, the summer fishing was pretty slow, um, and that, of course, people are getting a little bit concerned. We're, you know, we're hearing because they're not catching that many fish, but we just actually are wrapping up our fall gillnet survey, and the numbers look very good on the, on the lake. I don't have any actual numbers yet, but as far as number of walleyes out there, I don't think we should be need to be concerned about the amount of harvest that occurred last winter. So that's a good sign. You know, it's just a lake that's got so much water that, uh, you know, you just might have a hard time finding where they're at one particular summer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is. It does really impress me, just the number of walleyes that I've seen in the nets this fall um, wow. from, you know, our state portion of the waters, of course. And there's, as you said, a lot more water outside of that. Well, I know that that's uh, you know that's really important to a lot of people, and I'm sure hearing good reports is is helping them uh, get a little bit of relief there. Um, let's talk a little bit about Bemidji. Um, I, I'm starting to hear some reports. People say they're starting to be able to tell a little bit that things are changing due to zebra mussels. It hasn't been a huge change yet, but 
it's coming, I presume. Yeah, I mean, the first change people are going to notice, and maybe that's apparent this summer already, is that the water will be clearing up some. And that's going to make probably walleye fishing a little bit tougher over time mm-hmm. as the water clears up. You know, it's it's not like it's a it's a muddy lake to begin with. It's fairly clear. We said the right. same thing about Cass Lake when it got infested. But so I don't, you know, it's going to get very very clear. It doesn't as far as we can as far as I've been able to tell talking to different people uh in different lakes, it doesn't seem to affect the populations at this point, but it sure affects where they're at and when you can catch them. Yep, I know. I think you have that nailed down. At this point we haven't seen any uh that I can think of any lakes that we've seen real negative downturn just because of, just because of zebra mussels. <laughs> yeah, and in the Cass Lake chain too, uh, numbers are great there. Uh, but uh, again, you've got to be willing to get up really early or stay up fairly late if you want if you want to get a good bite. Yeah, we're doing a um, as I mentioned, I think we're doing a krill survey on Cass, so we're interviewing anglers, and we do have a night portion of that. And we are seeing lots of night fishing, and that's probably a shift from you know 20 years ago. Definitely is a shift, I should say. It's the State of the Fishery with Edie Everett. She is the new fisheries supervisor out of the Bemidji area office. We'll have more with Edie next on Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Hi, this is Dick Beardsley with Dick Beardsley Fishing Guide Service. Are you looking to plan a fishing trip? Look no further as Bemidji, Minnesota is your year-round destination for walleyes, pike, muskie, bass, perch, crappie, panfish, and more. With over 400 fishing lakes within a 25-mile radius of Bemidji, come take a cast of becoming a fishing legend. While you're on your fishing adventure, come take a picture with the historic Paul Bunyan and Babe the Blue Ox. Discover the first city on the Mississippi... Bemidji, one step further. Welcome back to Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Edie Everts is my guest. She's the new Bemidji Area Fisheries Supervisor. We're taking a look at the state of the fishery. One of the things that I heard, and this is all anecdotal and might not have anything to do with zebra mussels yet, but it seemed that that famous August algae bloom wasn't there this year. Yeah, I don't know how to... I wouldn't speculate on that one. Yeah. I, I mean, I think it seems a little early that it, that this would be zebra mussel related. Yeah, I, I don't, and I don't have any idea of whether we've actually seen any real, you know, stretches of adult zebra mussels out there yet. I think it's it's pretty limited at this point, but we'll be keeping an eye on it. One of the lakes who had a that had a tremendous year this year, and of course, kind of shut down mid to late August, is some lakes. You know, a lot of lakes typically do. But it was a very good year for walleyes and black duck. I heard good reports every time I checked in. Good. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't survey that, so I don't have much comment. <laughs> yeah, no, they they were they were having a good bite most of the year, so that's that's certainly a good sign as well. What are you and your crew seeing as far as the drought and the lack of rain uh on some of these area waters? How impactful has that been? Uh, you know, I think the biggest one that we hear about or even, you know, our crews notice is the um, access. You know, Turtle River Chain, some of those um, rivers in between the lakes were pretty tough to get up and down this year. So, um, and the other thing, you know, is a little bit not so much related to what anglers think about maybe, but our, our ponds are, uh, for walleye rearing, are a little bit hard to get into, and some of them may not have done very well because of the dry season. They got pretty shallow, and some of them got kind of, too warm maybe to have good survival of those walleye fingerlings we raise. <clears throat> One of the things I heard about was, you know, like ponds or uh, some of these creeks that uh, the water is just barely there. 
uh, really impacted the um, minnows this year. Yeah, yeah, it's just is that. A lot of you know the fish will move to a certain degree, but when they get so low that they're you know basically becoming isolated pools, that's not not good for the fish. <laughs> okay. Well, what do we need? Um, I mean, obviously, we, we it would be real bad for life in general <laughs> if we had another year like this, let alone fishing. But but I mean, obviously, we need uh, we need to recover that water some way somehow. Yeah, I guess everyone should be uh, hoping for a big snowy winter. <laughs> that would help uh, you know restore a lot of the the uh, stored water, you know, in the watersheds, we just lost a lot. We didn't have a super snowy winter, and then we came right into a year, you know, with uh, very little rain. Yeah, I mean, obviously, the snowy winter would be helpful. Uh, ice anglers might be a little concerned about when we get that snow and how right. we get that snow. <laughs> Luckily, I'm not responsible for the weather, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you guys get blamed for enough stuff, right? Yeah, some days. <laughs> some days. credit to I. So. Um, well, as as a person who's into fisheries, um, how did you get involved in that? What made you interested in that? Well, I've always loved being on the water, and I have to confess, though I've lived in Minnesota, I think longer than any other state in my life. I did start out on the East Coast, and I was on the on the ocean a lot, and I just wanted a career where I could do more, you know, be outside and on the water, and that's what drove it. And, and uh, fishing is a great way to do it. <laughs> and, and how did you find your way to, uh, well, to Minnesota in general and Bemidji now? Well, we know how you get to to Bemidji, but how did you get to Minnesota? Um, I, I went to grad school in fisheries management, and then when I got out, I started looking and kind of mostly in the northern tier states. And uh, Minnesota had a lot of fishery jobs. We have a the department here with the fisheries section is very, very large. So um just seemed like a good opportunity, and they happened to have interviews, and that's came out here, took a test, interviewed, and eventually got a job. So it was good for me. And uh, since my husband's in fisheries, we, it was good to be in a state where there's more than a few opportunities. So what made you choose uh, freshwater versus saltwater? Uh, it's just one of those quirks of fate, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know, I put in for a lot of jobs. It wasn't like the best time uh, when I was looking for work back back in the late 90s. <laughs> so. I, I think that in general, though, the state of Minnesota has more or less had a pretty good and a pretty deep commitment uh, to the outdoors, whether it be water, whether it be woods, whether it be hunting, whether it be fishing. Um, there aren't a lot of states that uh, that really have that kind of commitment. Oh, yeah. No, and that definitely was a factor. I mean, there, since I had been in school, um, there were a lot of papers coming out of Minnesota uh, on fisheries work, so... You know, it's pretty exciting to go someplace where you saw that kind of commitment. What are some of the projects we're going to be seeing in the next uh, year or two uh, out of the Bemidji area office? Yeah, I'm going to, and rather than switch to projects, I'm just going to, uh, I'll just talk about regulations a little bit. Oh, sure. We have some sure. stuff going on. Um, as you mentioned, you already mentioned Black Duck, of course, that it's got a nice sunfish population. And uh, so three of our lakes in this area that have had regulations on since uh, either 2003 or 2006, that's Black Duck, Pamush, and Gull. Um, we're looking at uh, just a minor change to the special regulation on those lakes. They have um, Gull and Black Duck have a five-fish daily limit and for sunfish, and Pamush has a ten-fish daily limit um, in order to kind of just get in line with our newer regulations and also just to make it uh, more enforceable, we're going to We'd like to go to a daily limit being uh, 
staying the same, but a possession limit would be the statewide limit for sunfish, which would be 20. Um, the regulation right now says that daily and possession are the same. Okay. Gotcha. So that's a little confusing. So just a small change, like you said, mainly because of enforcement issues. And, but we do, you know, as required by this um, making new rules, we have a public meeting coming up next Tuesday on the 21st, and that's at Northern Town Hall um, in Bemidji, and that's Tuesday, September 21st from 6 to 8 p.m. Okay. And then the other lakes that are, you know, probably of interest to some people, even though it's a little bit outside of this county, is uh, at Itasca State, Itasca State Park. We have Mary Itasca and Ozzy Windib. Um, same thing, we have sunfish regulations on all three, and then we have our, I'm not sure about Ozzy Windib now. Okay. Ozzy Windib has a crappie regulation, I oh. think that's as well. Okay. And it's going to be the same thing where we want to make the, We'll have a daily bag stay the same, which is a reduced bag limit compared to statewide, but the possession limit would be the statewide possession limit. Got it. And that meeting is Thursday, September 23rd from 6 to 8 p.m. at Atasca State Park in the Brower Center. So essentially what you're saying is if you have, you know, five fish in your freezer, you could still go out and catch a few more panfish up to five that day, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah, for, so if it's, a, if it's a day limit of five, you could go five and in the past you could only have those five fish in your possession and no more from the same lake gotcha. but now you'd actually be able to go on different days and have up to 20 well and of course you know any comments people want to send to me is fine however they want to do it and there's also an online survey um if they just do a sun uh, search for sunfish they should be able to find that online survey to make comments this is fish and paul bunyan country Edie Everts, the Bemidji Area Fisheries Supervisor, my guest today, as we wrap up this year's Fish and Paul Bunyan Country with our annual State of the Fishery. Besides some of the things we already talked about, primarily, you know, AIS, um, any other concerns you guys are, are having with some of the lakes in the area, or does everything look pretty good? Yeah, I'm still a little bit of a newbie, but I uh, definitely haven't had any red flags for uh big issues coming up at this point you know we've seen the zebra mussel um expand as you know mm-hmm. so that's probably the the bigger one there is a study going on right now with uh zebra mussels trying to look at some of those longer term effects but we won't have those results for a few years yet okay um you know that uh i, I know there was a big uh big survey done over the last few years on the castle chain and then the, uh, a new management plan which didn't change much um that is a great Great set of lakes. I think most people know about the Cass Lake chain, but um, you know when I when I talk to Tony about it, it just stuns me um, how productive those waters can be. Yeah, that's another one. That's impressive, and in, in how many walleyes it can produce, and how well it's held up under you know very consistent and very uh, um, you know high, pretty high angler pressure, I should say. Yeah, it, it sure does, and you know, and it's all natural. And of course, Red Lake is is primarily natural now. Uh, Bemidji is natural. It just amazes me that the the pressure those lakes get, and they just are able to just keep cranking out walleye. It just shows you how how uh, healthy, really, even in uh, the twenty first century, those waters are. Yeah, I think we're lucky to have that in our area. <laughs> We, we most definitely are. The other thing we have is just a ton of those little lakes, too, you know. Um, and if you just open your mind, and, and we're seeing more and more of that all the time. Bass fishing is getting more and more popular all the time. Um, if you open your mind and, and don't have to go for walleyes, you can, you know, 
triple at least the number of lakes you can fish. Yep. And and it's just it's it's an awful lot of fun to check that out. Um, anything else that that you uh, want people to be aware of as we we go into the fall and the winter fishing season? I think the the other thing I would mention is that um, I mentioned the Turtle River chain. Now we've done all that survey work. Um, most of those lakes have a northern pike, a special mm-hmm. regulation on them. You know, as hopefully most people know, we have a central zone regulation for pike. Um, but the, those Turtle River chain lakes still have the 24 to 36 inch protected slot. So now that we have all this data from this summer. We'll be um, reviewing that, and so people should keep an eye out next year or the next or the following year for uh, some public review and some input on whether you want to keep those or change them or you know if you drop them, there'd still be a slot, but it'd be more with the statewide uh, regulation. So how that'll many- be upcoming as far as a management decision. Okay. How many lakes do, does your crew uh, get to get out and survey in, in the course of a year? <laughs> I'd have to count. <laughs> At least a dozen, I think. Wow. And, and how long does it take to survey a lake? Uh, most lakes they work on for a week. Okay. Um, you know, four or five days. So that depends on the size of the lake. Our net uh, surveying is all, you know, based on acreage. So um, the number of nets we put in, but I don't think there's many lakes that are more than a week. And it's for red and cast. <laughs> sure. Well, those <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of water on those lakes. That's for sure. That's right. So. Okay. Um, is you mentioned a few of the the regulation changes? Is there any uh, appetite on the statewide level for any big changes? That we have heard rumors about a about a statewide four walleye limit. Is, is that uh, is that a serious consideration at this point? Um, it seems like it's it'll be moving forward, but it's in the real early stages of you know being proposed or considered. I think at this point, but I think our it sounds like our commissioner's office has said they've kind of support the four walleye bag limit. Okay. Um, you know, I mean, there's a lot of lakes around here that you know we're used to having that. I, I don't think it would be a big adjustment for for too many anglers around here. I mean, if you go to Leech, you go to Cass. You go to or your leech, or, and you go to Red. Two really popular lakes. You're already you're already doing that, and I think Red at, at, for a while at least was three. Is that is that where we're at this summer with Red, or are they back? Yeah, before? still three right now. Still three. Oh, yep. Yeah. So I mean, we're used to that, right? Yeah, and I think you know this is real early. It's just more of a heads up that people should keep their ears tuned to see uh, if that's floated out there and what opportunities they'll have to to have some input. So. Okay. Well, Edie, what do you think? I mean, uh, it's it's only been a few months, but uh, you're liking your new digs in Bemidji. Oh yeah, I'm uh, you know trying to get out in the field as much as possible. That's the downside of being a supervisor. Sometimes there's a lot more paperwork than I think should be involved, but <laughs> that's life. Well, you know, that's kind of I understand that because for me, uh, when I get to be on the air in the morning and uh, do things like this, that's the fun part. There's a bunch of other stuff that's it's not quite as fun. Yeah. <laughs> No, but like I said, I've been out on Red, I've been out on Cass, and gotten out on a few of our smaller lakes, and that's always a great day. Um, In fact, here's a short story that was makes a fishery biologist day. We were up on Red, and we caught like a 40-inch sturgeon. Whoa! In the net, which you know they net pretty well, so we were able to release it. So that was nice, but it was a nice surprise. That's the first one that we've caught on in the state waters since they started restoring them in 2007. See now, how did I not know they were restoring them? It's the, the band's doing. And oh, okay. The U.S. Fish and Wildlife—they've been uh, putting in sturgeon fingerlings since 2007, I think, is the 
original date. So. Okay. Well, I, I knew that's that... kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> when the dam went in um, years ago, that prevented the migration of the sturgeon up the Red Red Lake River. Okay. Well, more than one dam. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, that is good, and I know that you know. I talked to um, I can't remember his name, but uh, you know they're they're region wide. You know they're they're starting to restore sturgeon in a lot of rivers and and a few other lakes around uh, the upper northwest. So yeah, um, that's great. I mean, sturgeon is uh, obviously it's a lot of fun to catch, a very popular fish, and um, it's just another opportunity. Yep, or just they're really cool to see. Yeah. Well, they're, uh, you know... They're I worked like... in Bidet for a while, so that's part of the, <laughs> you know... I've seen a lot of, not a lot, but more certain than most people. <laughs> so, it's but... it's kind of like seeing a dinosaur. I mean... Yep, yeah. So, All right, Edie Everts is the area fisheries supervisor out of the Bemidji office, kind of recapping the year with us. Uh, and she's uh, she's going to be much more into the scene by the time we talk to her next year. Uh, she just got started in May back in our neck of the woods. Edie, it's always great to have you on the show, and uh, welcome back to the to the North Country, and uh, we will talk to you down the road. Well, thanks, Kev. I enjoyed it. Well, one more time to remind you that Fish and Paul Bunyan Country is done for the year. If you still want great outdoor programming, we do that, of course. Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors, a longer show, but a weekly show, starts Thursdays at 1 on KBUN Sports Radio 104.5 next week. It'll run again Saturday mornings at 8 a.m. And, of course, is podcastable as well. want to thank you all for listening this summer. As you do every summer, we really appreciate it. And thank my guests. Man, we have some really, really great, talented people who share their expertise with us many times over this summer. And we appreciate them taking that time to be with us and share with us and, uh, and be part of the show. We will do it all again next year, 20 weeks of five-day-a-week fishing info. But again, in the meantime, it's going to get a little more general. We'll still talk fishing, certainly, but we're going to talk a lot more hunting as we go along in the fall and other great outdoor activities as well. It's Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. It's Thursdays at 1 and Saturdays at 8 on KBUN Sports Radio 104.5, starting next Thursday. Have a great weekend. Get out there and go fishing, and good luck. Fish Paul Bunyan. Country! Country!